Hello and welcome to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. Conversations with inspiring business people throughout the three counties of Herefordshire, Worcestershire and Gloucestershire. And now it's time for today's episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, hello and welcome to this episode of the Thriving Three Counties podcast. I'm Dan Barker and I'm here in the studio with today's guest. She's worked in all aspects of the performance industry from TV commercials and voiceovers to UK tours and choreography. She loves comedy and enjoys using her natural comedic timing within comedy improvisation shows and stand-up comedy routines. She describes herself as an intuitive, reliable and efficient performer who is easy to direct and work with. Her bubbly, infectious personality provides a fun yet focused environment to work in. However, what you don't see is the nine autoimmune chronic health conditions she lives with. As a result, she's an advocate for raising awareness of chronic health conditions, particularly invisible illnesses, both mental and physical, in order to eliminate the stigma and help those like her understand they are wanted, seen, heard, and most importantly, not alone. This has led her to creating Chronically Creative, a British children's media company based in the heart of the Cotswolds, dedicated to educating, entertaining, and creating inspiring content for all. She is Helena Mitchell. Hello, Helena. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you? Not too bad, thanks. Good. I got through the quite long intro there just about. You probably got a few tips for me yeah. how to do a bit better. <laughs> no, it's my fault. It's no, my no, fault. no, it's I, good. I, I doubled the length of it. No, no, it's good. <laughs> it's better to have more information to go on than less. So uh, it was good. I just, uh, there was a couple of typos on my part where I moved it around and it, uh, it uh, yeah, made me falter. Nice. But anyway. It's all good. Thank you very much for coming in. No, thanks for having much, me. Uh, much appreciated. Battling your way over here. Oh gosh, on, uh, yeah, bank, bank holiday. holiday. <laughs> <laughs> that bank holiday traffic. Yeah, Delight. yeah. Remember about that now. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, just before we get started, your websites where people can go are yeah. com. Yeah. And then chronicallycreative.co.uk. Yeah. Yeah. Dot com was taken. Oh, was it for Chronically Creative? so annoying. Oh, right. Who's got that then? Don't know, but they wanted like four and a half grand for it. Ooh, so I just said, right. now you can keep it. Yeah, yeah. I just gave it to you. That's I'll give it the what, someone, UK. someone bagged it just to uh, sell Yeah, it. they're not doing anything with it. It's not an active site. Yeah, yeah, it's just oh, well, like a good... If it's um, you, give it back. It's a good, good alliteration, I guess, someone If you're grabbed. listening, give it back to <laughs> yeah. me. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's quite a far-reaching podcast, so someone will... <laughs> yeah, who knows? If anyone knows of who has .com, yeah, yeah. please give it to me. Yeah, maybe when they hear your story, they'll be like, okay, yeah. I think she needs it Yeah, <laughs> she needs it. She needs all the help she can get. <laughs> Cool, right. So uh, you're kind of Cheltenham Stroudy kind of way. I yeah, think, yeah. You? So I was Cheltenham. Um, now, now based more sort of Leonard Stanley Stroud way. Mm-hmm. It's all the same, really, isn't it? Well, vaguely similar. <laughs> I've probably just offended many people. <laughs> <laughs> it's within the Cotswolds. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's nice. It's nice. Yeah. So is that where you grew up then? Is that your? Yeah, yeah. So I grew up. Um, don't know if many people will know this, but a little town called Fairford. Mm-hmm. Do you know yeah, Fairford? Yeah, there's an air show there. Yeah, there? Royal International Air to mm. Riat, as my family call it. That's um, how the locals call it. Yeah, the locals <laughs> call it Riat. 
Um, yeah, I live. I grew up on a farm oh, yeah? there, so basically in the middle of an, a field. Yeah, yeah, really. Cool. What sort of farm? <laughs> um, so it it's a mixture. It's now more sort of crops and things like that, but it mm. was dairy. Mm-hmm. Um, not many cows left now. Right, bless them. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. um, yeah, no, it's a nine hundred acre farm huge farm that's big yeah yeah we don't own it we just lived on it right okay <laughs> just to clarify before anyone's like <laughs> she's this rich farmer <laughs> uh no i'm not i'm um just a poor child that grew up on a farm <laughs> <laughs> did you enjoy growing up on a farm uh yeah and no i think now looking back on it i did hmm. but in the moment i didn't because Especially before I could drive. My gosh, it was a nightmare. I had a mile and a half drive. It was 10 minutes to the nearest shop. When I say shop, by the way, we're not talking (laughs) Tesco. We're talking like to get some milk from the Shell garage. Like that type of vibe. We're not talking an actual shop. And friends wise, it was, I was at the mercy of the taxi, you know, the mum and dad taxi. Mum and dad taxi. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. And so yeah, it wasn't too of, fun. Yeah. Oh right. Really. Was that just when you got older, or did you like when you were younger? Were you kind of when I was running younger, wild just, in the fields yeah. and things? And uh, I actually, I'm pretty sure that it was because of me, because I I moved there from a very small town. I don't mm. even know if you could call it a town. Little quaint village, I think you'd call it, called Calcutt. Right. Don't know okay. whether many people know that. It's near Chadworth. Okay. Um, so still within the Cotswolds. Lived yeah. there till I was uh, just before I was seven. So, oh, fun fact. Second of the second, 2002, we moved in. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, we moved into the new place. And so, yeah, I was just about to turn seven. Um, and, yeah, it was not the funnest... I just had no one to play with. So I was like running riot around the fields on my own. I mean, it was great. It wouldn't happen now, would it? But I was just creating stories. I fractured my back because I decided to, between two trees, I went into my dad's garage and I got um, some sheep wire. This is where many people will probably laugh because you... If you don't know, sheep's wire is not very strong. It snaps quite easily. And I tied it between the two trees thinking, oh, I'll create a zip wire. (laughs) And I got a stick and I made a little like, it looked incredible. Yeah, yeah. Jumped off this, you know, quite (laughs) high tree. Obviously it instantly snapped, landed on my back and like fractured it. But it was fun nonetheless but i did end up um the main farmyard which was about half a mile up from where we lived i'd like play in the haystacks and stuff very dangerous yeah 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 (laughs) because there's like little holes so i would crawl in between these holes i don't know what i was thinking but um yeah they then created a uh a little rule that you weren't allowed on the farm without an adult if you're under 18. Right, okay, yeah. So yeah. that kind of ruined my haystack farm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah half okay. the night was all right. So did your dad work on the farm, did he? Or? Uh, he's a landscape gardener. Uh, okay, um, yeah. Cotswold Garden Creations. Mm-hmm. There dot, we go. Dot little, com. Dot com and dot credit, okay. Oh, 
lucky. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> uh, they they nabbed both of those. No, he's and uh, Cotswold. No. Conservation lands up something like that. I don't know. Right, okay. Google it. Yeah. Um, something <laughs> like that. Uh, Robert Mitchell. He's a well-known landscape around these parts. I see, right, okay. And Blabbermouth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Very eccentric is my father. Right, okay, um, okay. But yeah, so we just kind of lived on the farm, didn't really work on the farm, just lived on Yeah, okay, gotcha, gotcha. But it was fun nonetheless. You, you I'm got, grateful for it now. Were you an only child then? Uh, no, so I've got my brother <laughs> who has recently just turned 30. Um, so just to clarify for people listening, he is much older than me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. Uh, he's three years older than me and he lives with a really rare um, condition called 22Q11, which is like a right. heart, it's a chromosome deletion. Right. Okay. Um, so it's like a heart condition. Right. Um, so he needed a lot of attention, a lot mm. of care growing up, which is completely fine. Um, you know, it just meant that I was left to my own devices quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah, sure. is probably why I'm a bit nutty. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Very, um, let's say creative and imaginative. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, I was thinking that when you said about, you know, going around and making up stories yeah. on your own and things like that. Yeah, That's kind yeah. of, you know, although I could see how, you know, you maybe wanted to play with people and yeah, felt like you were a bit yeah. bored, but actually you're probably flexing the creative muscle oh, gosh, and learning I'm how to... Oh, so grateful for it now. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. grateful. Like, looking back on it, it's honestly a skill that I didn't realise I was honing. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because yeah. I was just playing. I was just being yeah. a kid. Yeah. I wasn't really allowed to watch TV because I would um, try and copy it a lot. So right. Okay. I, I got banned from watching Tracy Beaker because I would go around going, bug off to everyone. <laughs> um, and I used to just, I, I guess it was that form of early stages of acting where I was mm. observing mm. and then trying to copy. And because I mm. didn't live in a town where I could see lots of people and kind mm. of do that whole people watch, I had TV to do that. So I yeah, would then yeah. copy what I was watching. Sometimes that's fine, but sometimes when, you know, like Tracy Beaker, she was a bit naughty. Uh, it wasn't, my parents didn't quite like it. So. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. But no, it then just meant that I would, oh, I loved writing stories as a kid and yeah. performing them at four o'clock tea time. It's always performance <laughs> time. And I'd put on a little show um, in the garden and I'd use the chickens and <laughs> <laughs> the sheep. And I'd be like, this sheep is called, and I'd just make up a name for it. So a lot of improvisation happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, and play, which actually as a result is a skill that I have nowadays mm. that is so useful in my work. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm really, really grateful for, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you need that time as a kid, don't you, to kind of get bored almost so that yeah. you start making things up. My great grand, um, great auntie Mabel said to me something I'll never ever forget. I think it was about five years old. She said, Helena, <laughs> it's good to be bored. Everyone needs to be bored at least once a day. Yeah, yeah. And I've remembered that forever. So I try and aim to be bored at least once a day, even if it's in the car. Yeah, yeah. I try and not automatically turn the radio on or mm. 
automatically put a podcast on, although mm. you should obviously listen to this podcast. Definitely. Um, <laughs> but I try and just sit in silence because I yeah. think it's very rare nowadays with social media and technology and being self-employed and being a self-employed creative, as I'm sure you can agree, yeah. you're constantly trying to think of something new and your mm. mind's so busy. Mm. It's rare to stop and be silent. Yeah. So I, yeah. I try. Yeah, no, it's important, I think, isn't it? And I, I know exactly what you mean because you're, like you say, you get, in, you get into the car, you automatically put a podcast oh. on or you like... Um, I was watching someone this morning when I was just driving into work and uh, he was just he was, he was working with someone that was in a lorry and they had to reverse the lorry out onto the street and it was probably about five or ten metres away and he was walking that five or ten metres, got his phone out and looking down at his phone and I was like, we it's do bad. that all the time, don't yeah, we? Yeah, it's, like, it's a habit. Why can't I just walk somewhere that's over there without, without looking yeah. at my phone? Because it's just constant like input isn't it yeah and you need yeah. like a bit of brain time to just stop stop and kind yeah. of and know, actually that's thoughts happen yeah that's where i find i'm most creative yeah yeah if i'm going for a walk up let's say cleave hill or mm. that was my kind of go-to in Cheltenham, but now it's sort of round um i've got a lovely little loop where i can go and see the local farm cows yeah i love a cow <laughs> reminds me of home um <laughs> And I, I just walk around and it's maybe a 20 minute loop. Yeah. But I purposely, I'll take my phone with me, you know, just in case something happens or someone calls. But yeah. I purposely don't look at it. I keep yeah. it in my pocket and I just listen and I mm. I let my mind wander. Yeah. And it's in those moments that, I don't know, I'll hear a bird cheep. Uh, cheep, cheep what, how, how do you say it? Cheep, cheep. Cheep, I think. Cheep, yeah. cheep. Is that a word? <laughs> cheep. Yeah, cheap, cheap. Cheap, cheap, yeah. <laughs> I'll hear a bird go cheap, cheap. And then I'll like listen to a rustle of a wind. And for some reason, I don't know if this is the same with you. I don't know if it's like a creative mind thing or maybe it's just everyone. Mm. I then start creating a little story in my head. And then I'm like, oh, imagine the birds, you know, talking <laughs> to the wind or you know, something oh, ridiculous yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. And my mind just wonders yeah and by the time i've come back home i've created a little story and sometimes it's a i mean 90 percent of the time it's a rubbish story not worth writing down <laughs> but 10 percent of the time it's a decent little nugget of something yeah. that i then just write down in my phone or i voice note it to myself or quickly scribble it down on a bit of paper and then it develops and that's actually how um the animation that I'm working on that's how that was developed right I walked okay, past yeah. a farmyard and yeah. suddenly had this yeah. idea and then just developed it yeah, so, yeah yeah and also like the the other 90% that you say aren't very good it might be elements that you bring out somewhere yeah along down the, the line you go oh yeah that <laughs> was actually really rubbish but in this context <laughs> yeah you stash it away in your yeah. subconscious don't yeah. you and then uh, brings it out cool so um as you were growing up, was school kind of important to you? Were you good at school or? Uh, yeah, I mean, everyone hated me at school. I was that child that everyone hated. <laughs> All the other kids hated. <sighs> I hate myself for saying this, but I was a proper teacher's pet. <laughs> I was the kind of kid that would, in a maths class, 
I would be asking the teacher what we're learning next lesson so I could look it up in my own time at home. <laughs> like, who am I? I literally disgust myself saying this now. I'm like, Ugh, who am I? I'm not that person anymore, people. Not that <laughs> Not. I'm much cooler now, she says. Um, but yeah, I was a proper teacher's pet. I, like, yeah. I think I really enjoyed getting things right. Okay. I liked yeah. that. I liked the satisfaction of getting things right because in creativity, the majority of my stuff that I did at home was all very creative. Mm. So there is no right or wrong. Mm. So that's why for some strange reason, I really, I absolutely adored music and I adored art and I adored all that sort of creative stuff. And I was yeah. really into musical theater from a young age and you know, did all the dancing and all that malarkey. But then I also loved business and economics and maths. Right, okay. And I, and everyone kept saying to me, that's so extreme. Like normally you're one or the other. <laughs> but I think I just, I loved the business, economics and math side of things because I've always loved learning. Yeah. I love learning from people. I think people are fascinating. Mm. And even now, I love chatting to people older, younger than me, different race, different religion, different background, because I just think it's so interesting to hear how their upbringing and their mindset and their morals will change their perspective on a certain situation mm. and will be completely different to mine. Doesn't yeah, mean that yeah. I'm right and they're wrong. I could well be wrong and I'm very yeah, open yeah, yeah. to, you know, chatting about that. I love to be wrong. Yeah, I yeah. love to be wrong because it means that then I'm learning something. Yeah, um, yeah. So I loved that business economic side, that real learning um, aspect in the, this is, especially with maths, mm. you do this plus this plus this, yeah. you do that anytime with any number and it will always be right. I yeah, loved that. Yeah. Whereas yeah. with creativity, it was all very yeah. opinionated. And, yeah. oh, I didn't like that because it had a red light on your stage. And I don't like the color red. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And it's like, well, that's your opinion. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard anyone else uh, sort of vocalize that before. Because I've had the exact same thing where yeah. like, when I was doing engineering... I used mm. to think, oh, I really like engineering because of that thing. Like, there's always a right, right answer. answer. And I was like, yeah, I like that. That's what I like about it. And then as I sort of discovered, you know, photography and started moving into the creative, creative side, world yeah. a bit, I was like, actually, I really like this because there's no, <laughs> there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah, it's just your opinion. I think I like that, but I also don't like it. Right. Because that's where your... Um, insecurities can come in right okay and okay. can mess with your well i'm, I'm speaking for myself here yeah. it's where my insecurities come in and i think you know i'll create <clears throat> i'll create something and i'll be like oh in the moment i think oh that's great that's fantastic and then also you know that little voice in the back of your head will go is it though <laughs> is it and then you start doubting yourself whereas with maths you can statistically prove that it is a right answer. No one yeah. can argue that it's wrong. It's not opinionated. It's just yeah. good, cool, I've got it done. Yeah. Move yeah. on. Yeah, I suppose so. 
It's tricky. But then but I also love the creative element. And yeah. I love the fact that you can't be right I was going to say, you've obviously taken one direction is, yeah, with yeah, those two. Yeah, no, <laughs> And you, you've come out, I guess, more on the creative side. But then, yeah, I suppose that analytical kind of... I overanalyze side. all my work. Right. Always. Okay. Yeah, always, yeah, always, yeah. always, always, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something that actually... It's that one part that I'm like, oh, I wish it yeah. wasn't there so much. But but that's all right, though, isn't it? That's, isn't that what they call the creative gap? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, what you had in your mind and and what you've produced. And yeah. there's normally, a, there's always a gap yeah. between what you had in your mind and what you produced. Yeah. And I guess you can either let that sort of beat you down and say, mm. oh, it's not as good. Or you can say, cool, I've got there. Yeah. I know I can get further. Yeah. And take Use the next challenge. Develop. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Use everything as a learning curve. I always say to myself, it doesn't matter if I fail because it's not really failing. It's just an opportunity to learn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. So how did you get on like academically? So you were good academically, or were you just good at? at I was very hard on myself. Um, So I'm actually quite badly dyslexic. Right. Okay. But we didn't get that kind of diagnosed. I guess that's the term. Um, we didn't really get it diagnosed until about six weeks before I took my final A-level exams. Okay, right. Okay, a <laughs> bit late. <laughs> a little bit late. Um, but yeah, so I think I just, I worked so hard. Yeah. Like, I gave up. I, I kind of made that choice to give up socially I was always the class clown as well so I was a teacher's pet but I was like the cheeky class clown right, I loved you had all bases covered I had all bases <laughs> covered I loved a pun right loved to be a bit cheeky but would never really get in trouble because the teachers knew I did the work okay, so gotcha. yeah, they liked yeah, yeah. me so I could be a bit cheeky in class I could answer back every now and then gotcha. do a cheeky little eye roll give a bit of sass you know that sort of vibe um, I was basically a nightmare child. And uh, yeah, it it was tricky. I worked really, really hard. I just thought I was stupid. Right. And I just yeah. thought, oh, why am I finding this so difficult? So I didn't want to be beaten. And my brother, because of his learning difficulties and all of this stuff, um, he still lives at home with my mum and dad. He's still 24-7 cared for. Right. So I guess I kind of had... I didn't have, I put the pressure on myself to do well because my brother didn't, he didn't do exams. He didn't mm. do that. So it, it wasn't an environment that he excelled in. So we just decided to pull him out of that. Mm. Um, so I kind of took that pressure upon myself. I was like, I want to prove to my parents that all the tutoring that they're giving me and all this extra tutoring and the money that they're spending on tutoring and all of this to try and get me through exams Mm. is worth it so I worked so hard at home and I just revised 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 because I thought I was stupid so I thought let's just and actually what I ended up doing without realizing but looking back on it I memorized the textbooks yeah so I did an acting I used my acting skills (laughs) to just I I couldn't tell you anything about anything I learned now there's some people same with music. There's yeah. some people that played the piano when they were younger and can still whack out tunes now. Yeah, yeah. I played the piano to grade eight, but I memorized it. Mm. I never, I didn't learn it. 
Mm, Does that make sense? No, it makes a lot of sense. I just memorized what I needed to memorize to get the grades. So I I did end up doing quite well, Um, like A's, B's, A stars, that sort of thing. Um, But yeah, then decided to jack it all in and go to drama school. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I I know exactly what you mean. I I was kind of the same really with exams and stuff. Like I I, I do well through the year because I kind of, I don't know, yeah, I was a bit of a, I wasn't, probably wasn't a teacher's pet, but I was probably a bit, you know, a bit of a geek and worked. <laughs> um, but yeah, when it came to exam time, I'd like create a two week schedule yeah. and like fill it all in and like, yeah, do my 50 minute hours. And, yes. But yeah, you just cram, cram and then you'd learn it all. And then literally the day after Forget the it. exam, it's like, I have yeah. no idea yeah. what that was all about. And yeah, I think that's a bit of a shame that we. It, yeah, I, that, I that wish. Learned. I'm glad that, that I got the grades I did, obviously, yeah, yeah. but I wish that a, and this is nothing against the teachers at all, but I wish that um, a teacher noticed the habit that I had and I yeah. wish that they pointed it out to me earlier because yeah. it wasn't until, I don't know, five, six years ago, I didn't yeah. realize that that was the way I learned, yeah, that yeah. I just memorized and then forgot because I put so many hours in and I worked so hard. <laughs> yeah. We're just a letter on a piece of paper. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's so it. I wish someone had noticed it earlier, and I'd been retaught a different way where I could then retain some of it. That would have been nice. But. Yeah, because I think that's the problem, isn't it? Like everyone learns in different ways, and yeah. there's the school way of learning, which is fine, and then there's other ways of learning, but yeah. they're also fine and they work yeah. for some yeah. people, and it's kind of. Yeah. It's I, difficult for teachers. They yeah, have yeah. a set amount of time. They have, what, 30 kids in a class? Yeah, yeah. So you've 30 got to have a individuals. System. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 30 individuals, you're right. Yeah, but you've got to have a system because otherwise that you just generally can't works do it, for can all. you? Yeah, yeah, but the trouble is it doesn't work, work for, the majority. for everyone. But anyway, <laughs> I go on about this stuff too much on this podcast. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so right, so after GCSEs, after A levels? Yeah, so I did A levels. Yeah. Um, and then went off to drama school. Yeah, where yeah. was that? I went to Performance Preparation Academy in Guildford. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also, after that, uh, went and did my BA Honours top-up degree at GSA, so Guildford School of Acting, which okay. is attached to the University of Surrey. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, okay. So nice. I kind of did a double whammy. So was that like, yeah, as you were doing your A-levels and GCSEs, it was like that's what I'm going to do. Oh, I knew from the age of five. Oh, from five, yeah. I turned around to my grandma. She told me this the other day, actually. <laughs> Maybe it was three. It was very young. She said that I just turned around to her and I was dressed up with her veil on my head. Yeah. <laughs> casual. A curtain wrapped around me as a dress. <laughs> like an old curtain that I found. Yeah, yeah. And um, granddad's belt around the middle of me. And I just went, Grandma, I'm going to be an actress. <laughs> she went, oh gosh. <laughs> but yeah, so I just, I guess I kind of always knew. I and was everyone was... supportive of... Yeah, I've been very lucky, really, yeah. really supportive. There was a moment, I've, I love the countryside and I love animals. Yeah. And there was a moment that I was like, oh, maybe I'd be a farmer. Oh, yeah? And then, yeah, I know, random. What? But I just loved the farm life. <laughs> you just loved it, right. Okay. I loved it. There was something about it so, I guess because I grew up on a farm, yeah. it, I found it very calming. 
Mm. And I didn't like the busyness of cities, which isn't great for an actor because, <laughs> you know, London and all yeah, of that. Yeah. Um, and I, I very much enjoyed animals company more than people. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> yeah. they didn't talk back. Um, and yeah, there was a moment, but actually, and then I also thought about being a uh, primary school teacher because I right. really love uh, younger children, mm-hmm. like the preschool sort of age, kindergarten mm-hmm. kind of preschool and yeah. up into that early years. I just love the silliness and play of that. But then my, it was actually my dad that turned around to me and said, you know, you've worked so, so hard. You could easily be a teacher. You could easily be a farmer at any age. Mm-hmm. Why not give the acting a go now while you're still in full swing of it, while mm. you're doing all the dance classes, you're doing all the acting, all the singing, you're, you know, yeah, yeah. you've got these contacts that yeah. you're in contact with. Why not just give it a good shot? And if it doesn't mm. work out, that's okay. And yeah. actually it was him saying, giving me that reassurance that, you know, I won't have failed them Yeah. if, I, if it doesn't work out. Yeah, they would yeah. rather I gave it a go and then went, do you know what? I gave it a really good go. I did drama school, did it for five mm. years, didn't work out. That's okay, I'm going to move on now. Yeah, yeah, but I think yeah. That's, that's interesting because, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes there's a lot of pressure when we're young, isn't there, to find what you're going to do. Yes. That one thing that you're going to do. And actually, it doesn't have to, well, that's what I found doesn't anyway. It doesn't have to be, be like that because yeah, I spent, yeah. you know, I spent four years at university and then 13 years doing a, a a job yeah and then completely changed exactly and actually yeah but i had those those thoughts of am i am i ditching? will people think i failed yeah will, am i ditching yeah. like all this experience and time and money i've put you into put that it. pressure on yourself as well of going oh but if i then go into i don't know let's just say you did a career for you came out of university and you did a career for 20 years let's say so you're in your 40s yeah Yeah. and then you go actually you know you have an awakening and you're like i'm not enjoying this i really want to sew bees onto a you know crochet bees or something i don't know i'm making this up if you can tell but (laughs) if you do that you're then those doubts in your head start going oh but if i go back in I don't know, you might have got to a position where you've worked up from cashier, let's say, to store manager, Mm -hmm. to regional manager or something like that. And you've worked up, that's 20 years of work. And in your head, your mind goes and tells you, you've wasted that. You're throwing it away Mm. to start back at the bottom again with 20 year olds. Mm. I think there's that mindset of going, like I always thought it, oh gosh, but if I retrained as a primary school teacher, I'd have to go back to university, mm. get that qualification. I'll be with a bunch of 19, 20 year olds that are coming mm. into the industry. I'll feel so old. It'll be horrible. Who cares? Yeah. Like that's the literally, thing, isn't it? <laughs> who cares? Yeah. No yeah. one. Yeah. No th- one cares. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I, I guess it's, to me, it seems like it's this thing that we kind of, Stigma. get sold of like you know you go to school and then you get in your job and you work your way up and then, and then you, then retire. you retire and that's your life but the conveyor belt to, be... to death as i like to call yeah, it yeah yeah do it you want to, to like sit that. comfortably on the conveyor belt to death or do you want <laughs> to try and run the opposite way yeah yeah 
yeah or yeah yeah absolutely and like yeah the options are there aren't they yeah however so you, you choose to do it you know the, the, go through the motions or yeah. you can have a bit of fun and try and dodge yeah yeah no absolutely and like yeah it always makes me feel like kind of sad that there's so many people that hate what they're doing yeah. on the day to day because that was me for yeah. ages <laughs> i hated it yeah. uh really sorry if anyone's listening <laughs> but i did and uh i know but what they it probably feels knew like. that you did that's yeah the thing. yeah but like it's so and it's hard to make the change isn't it like yeah say, but it's like it's it's yeah it's it's there the option the the option is there to yeah. do something about it yeah and, uh, and it's better to be happy and not regret things yeah, I've always said yeah, to myself, yeah. you know, because I've I've had to do some fair, fair, fair jobs in my time that I have not enjoyed, like <laughs> selling Hyundai cars in Westfield, Stratford, London, right. you know, yeah. whilst trying to fund the acting career and yeah, yeah, event yeah. waitressing and all of this stuff. I said to myself that the moment, the day I woke up and I did that, oh, I don't want to go to work today. Mm. I genuinely walked in and quit. Yeah. Straight away. I didn't wait for it to get bad. And I know that some people are probably listening, thinking, oh, well, that's probably because you had, I don't know, financial support from the bank of mum and dad or something like this. Like, you know, they might be in a situation, I don't know, someone listening might be in a situation where they've got kids or they've got responsibility if they've got Mm. a mortgage and they don't feel like they can just go, actually, I've woken up today. I don't want to go to work. I'm just going to quit. And mm. then see what happens. But the thing is, you can because mm. it sounds ridiculous, and it and it and yeah, it's scary. It's difficult, but you'll always land on your feet if you're doing something you love, mm. Mm. because you're passionate about it, and people will see and hear the passion. Mm. And it doesn't matter if you're experienced or not; they'll give you a chance. Mm. If you're moody and hating life, no one will want to be around you, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. you won't do a good job of whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So do everyone a favor and just go be happy. Is what I think. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's, <laughs> I think there are probably degrees of that as well. Mm. You know, because uh, yeah, you're right. If you have got kids and a mortgage, yeah, things, you've got responsibilities. You yeah. can't probably can't do it just that day but no. you can start to Taking make the actions action yeah, yeah and then and then have a sort of gradual yeah maybe instead over. of just walking in and quitting you could maybe in your <laughs> head say i'm gonna start looking for a new job yeah or yeah. i'm gonna start mind mapping and finding out what it is that i really want to do perhaps i'm gonna go take a crochet class and see if that's my calling or just yeah. start doing stuff outside of your work to figure out what that thing is. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. it's there, isn't it? Um, yeah. But you don't find it by sitting watching TV all evening. Nope. Unfortunately. No. We've all got the same <laughs> amount of time. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. About how we yeah. use it. Yep. Yeah. So, obviously, oh, I said obviously. Oh, shouldn't say obviously. It might not be obvious, but my assumption is that <laughs> you... Got on pretty well at drama school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was tricky. It was very tough. Yeah? It was um, a shock to the system because I went from being a big fish in a small pond. Yeah, right, okay. Like, you know, everyone blowing smoke up my uh, mm. backside. 
yeah, around yeah. here going, oh, you're, you know, at the age of 14, 15, going, oh, you're so talented. Oh, you're so good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you start naturally, you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, well, it'll be easy then. I'll just go to drama school. I'll nail it. I'll go out and I'll be in Hollywood before I know it. It'll be fun, yeah. you know. And then you go to drama school where there's millions of other big fishes from small ponds. Yeah, and you yeah. all get that sudden realization that actually you're all incredibly talented <laughs> yeah. and you're all now small fish in big pond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's, a, it's an adjustment. Um, it's hard work. Mm. Hard work. It's not your typical university. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say I went to university because I didn't do that. Oh, if you want to turn up to this lecture, you can. But if you don't, it's <laughs> fine. We had to be in eight o'clock every morning for warm up. Yeah. If we weren't there, phone called. It was basically school. Yeah, yeah. Um, We had to go to, prior to our warm up, which was like half hour long, um, we had to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. go to the gym then we come in do our warm-up we do like four or five hours of dance a day plus oh, singing yeah. plus all of this then you finish at like 5 five thirty. then you have rehearsals afterwards go oh, into yeah. the evening and then you go and do your bar job in the evening to try and fund your way through it because <laughs> at that time my drama school um was private yeah. so i couldn't get you know oh, what's yeah, it called yeah. the university funding thing um, uh, student allowance, student, uh, loan, student loan. That's yeah, it. Yeah. So I couldn't get a student loan, so I had to fund for it. So right, gotcha. then you're working at a bar in the evening until two yeah, a.m. Yeah. and then you're yeah. up again at six to go to. It's hard work, if, you know, yeah, five days yeah. a week, and then on the weekend you're doing your retail job right. in town to just try and get the money in because yeah, you've got yeah. rent to pay and you're yeah. basically just catapulted into life. It was tough, but yeah, I think it's where I really learned to fine tune my hard work and not mm -hmm. work smart, not ha not harder, work smarter, not harder. Okay. Cause I was just under the impression of, oh, if I just go through all the motions and work really hard and memorize everything yeah. <laughs> like I'd done for my A-levels, yeah, it'll yeah. be fine. But it was completely different cause it was very creative. Mm, so you. I had to learn to reserve my energy and work smarter, not harder. Right, okay. But okay. yeah, came out of it alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean... <laughs> and yeah, enjoyed it in the end, yeah. You've got to really want it to be willing to yeah, go through tough. all of that, haven't you? Tough, brutal. Did, did lots of people sort of drop out yeah. along the way? Really? Yeah. Yeah. And lots of people just went through the motions and then at the end of it were like, yeah, this is not for me. The passion is now gone. Right. This okay. is just a hobby. I don't want to do this full time. Yeah. Whereas for me, my burning that like burning passion kind of mm. i call it the burning ball in the fit mm. uh, in the fit in the pit <laughs> of your stomach yeah, yeah um that grew for me and i just kind of got more hungry for it right okay so yeah that kind of despite all the setbacks despite the many tears one of yeah. my teachers <laughs> savage god bless her soul she's a, a best teacher ever she passed away um, very sadly whilst I was there, but um, she said to me once, I walked into class and she went, she was so serious, such a serious teacher. And she was a lot older lady. And she, it was like, she would never tell you off, 
she would just always say she was disappointed. It was like disappointing your oh, grandma, yeah, yeah. so you didn't want to. And one time I walked in and she said to me, she went, Helena, have you seen um, have you seen that recent news article? And I was like, oh, no, 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 what, what? And like, you know, trying to be like, oh gosh, what have I missed? What have I missed? She said, yeah, there's been a massive shortage of tissues because you've used them all crying. I was like, oh, savage. And I then stood there and I was like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. I was like an emotional wreck for the first year. But yeah, it um, it got better, but no. And she, she actually has my favorite motto um, that I have always used and will always stick by. And mm. I think it's a great motto, not just for um, the creative business that I'm in, but for life and it was save it for the car so there's times when you come across (laughs) challenging people that can be quite frustrating but you don't moan about it you don't complain you do what's right for the project you work together as a team you don't rant about it to other people you don't Mm. you know talk behind someone's back you get into the car when at the end of the day, you know, she always said, take the example of a theater show. If someone that has just been an absolute pain mm. has gone and forgotten their shoes and it's opening night and it just so happens that you're the same size, you lend them your shoes for the show because that means the show can continue. Even though personally, you would never lend them your shoes, <laughs> but you do it for the show. Yeah. She then or he then never never then gives back those shoes. <laughs> you don't complain about it. You just keep calm. You keep going. You get into the car at the end of the day. You can say goodbye to him and get into the car and you just rant with the, you put the windows up and you just <laughs> rant, 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 rant. And then you, it's out of your system and no one's heard it. So I just think it's a great, save it for the car. So whenever I have a frustrating moment, I say to myself, Save it for the car. And yeah, then I get in the car and I just rant to it's myself. Good way. good way of, yeah, it's a good way of dealing with it. Because, yeah, because you're right, like gossiping and talking behind oh, people's not, back and nice. stuff is just toxic and horrible. And It gets you in horrible situations. Yeah, and yeah. It's not the type of person I am either, so I don't want to, Yeah, for me, you know, that's, like, that's like the worst thing that anyone can do. Can I do. hate it. I yeah. hate being around it, but... But it's, sometimes uh, you need to vent. That, so yeah, you just and I say that's a good way of, uh, of thinking about it. Yeah. But make sure the windows are up. Yeah, yeah, good, <laughs> good thinking, good tip. So, okay, so um, so do you think they they make it tough on purpose so that because oh, the they industry's brutal. know that it's going to be brutal? Or yes. is it tough because it's so competitive? It's an incredibly competitive industry. For example, every role that goes out for every one role, there's about 2,000 people applying. Yeah. And yeah. maybe 20 audition slots. Yeah. So if you get an audition, I celebrate. Yeah, Every yeah. time I get an audition, yeah, I celebrate yeah. like I've won the job. Yeah, yeah. Because that's a huge achievement for me. That means that I've, I don't know how many people I've beaten off to get that one slot. Mm. So then I prepare. And uh, Preparation Academy, PPA, always told us their kind of thing was... Um, Fail to prepare and prepare to fail. Mm, mm. So I just prepare, prepare, prepare. Over-prepare sometimes. Mm. So that when I'm in there, I can be myself. 
nerves yeah, don't yeah. take over i know that i know what i'm saying i know that i know what i'm doing mm. and then if i'm not right for the job that's okay mm. that's yeah, totally yeah. okay and i'm at peace with it because at the end of the day i want i want the show to be the best show it can be so if yeah. that means that joe blogs down the road is the perfect fit for that character then i'd rather joe blogs did it mm. Because then that means that show's going to be fantastic. Hmm. Whereas if I did it, there might be something just not quite right, which would then reflect badly on me and the yeah, production yeah, crew absolutely. and everyone else. And that's not fair on any of us. So yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, I just prepare the best I can. I go in there, I enjoy it. And I don't think of it like an audition. I think of it like an opportunity to share my mm. interpretation yeah. with fellow creatives. And yeah. at the end of the day, people forget that the people on that side, on the other side of the table, they want you to do well. Because mm. if you come in and you're number two and you're perfect, fantastic. They can sit back yeah, yeah. and enjoy the rest of the day because they know they found their person. Yeah, yeah. So they don't want you to do a bad job. Yeah, yeah. They want you to do well. And naturally, yeah. you know, you're going to be nervous because you care yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But I just try and no, think of it sense. as an exciting opportunity. <laughs> but yeah, it can be quite harsh. I've had, <laughs> I've gone all the way to Birmingham before from London, took the day off work. So lost out on money to earn. Yeah. Then spent like 75 quid on a train ticket to yeah. get to Birmingham and back from London. They'd handpicked me for this audition. I walked in. They'd seen my headshot, right? <laughs> I literally dressed exactly the same as my headshot. Yeah. My makeup was the same. My hairstyle was exactly the same. I looked like the headshot. And I walked in the room and I went to go sing the first song. I went to go, I, I was like all ready, walked in there and I went, hi. And I was about to say, you know, hi, I'm Helena. Nice to meet you, that sort of vibe. Uh, usual greeting. I said the word hi, and the <laughs> I'll never forget it. The lady in the middle looked up and went, Oh no, you're not pretty enough to play the lead. Thank oh. you. Goodbye. And oh. I was like, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> okay. But because I didn't want to waste loads of money on a ticket, I bought specific times. Right. Okay. So that <laughs> this was 10 o'clock in the morning, my audition. Yeah. I was out of the door by one minute past 10. Yeah. I had until 6 p.m. Oh, ouch. <laughs> and I just sat there and just waited all day contemplating. It was like, wow. Oh, it's Savage. Harsh, but yeah, so going back to your question, yes, drama school is tough. I believe they do it because the industry is tough and yeah, yeah. there's no point in, you know, spoon feeding sort of us yeah, yeah. and then throwing us out into the world that'll be worse i think so yeah, yeah. they'd rather have you know all the tears <laughs> like me get through all the tissues at drama school so then you can walk into audition have someone say to your face yeah, you're not yeah. pretty enough to play to play the lead and you don't go home and cry your eyes out you just go okay yeah yeah i just yeah. went Oh, no worries. Thanks so much for your time. I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. And I walked out. Yeah. And I actually got a thank you card from them. Oh, and right. in the thank you card, they apologised. Really? They said, I'm so sorry. I hope it didn't come across too harsh. We were just under a lot of time pressure. And that's the thing. You can't take it personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just trying to 
finalized It's good. It must person. be a good, uh, a good sort of training in resilience. Then, yeah, because that's the big is. thing now, you isn't it? Like, resilient. Yeah. yeah, people have to build up resilience to get through. You just through need to. At life. the end of the day, you're a product. Yeah, yeah. You're a product. As horrible as that sounds, you're a product. If if yeah. I made bags and someone came up and said, "Oh, that bag's a bit ugly. I don't like that," I wouldn't go. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be offended. I'd just go, okay, that's yeah. fine. You know, that's why there's so many different bags out there because yeah, yeah. different people like different things. And yeah. it's the same with people. Yeah. So where did you go? What's the next steps then from out of, out of acting? So yeah, uh, graduated drama school in 2016. Gosh, long time ago. And then, um, <laughs> that makes me Not really. so old. Um <laughs> Then moved into London, was living the life. When I say living the life, I was uh, working, selling cars yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and working nights as an event waitress. Um, right. But I really enjoyed it. And I was meeting lots of other actors that were doing the same thing. Right. And, and then trying to get like the Yeah, and the then gigs. doing all the additions and, yeah. you know, running on my lunch break, running halfway across London to go do a, to Pineapple Dance Studios to do a quick dance audition to then run back and... That sort of vibe. It was very exciting. Um, and then I actually got really ill. Right. So this is kind of where my story took a big turn, unexpected okay. turn. So I was 21, living in London, trying my best to make it. You know, London rent's very expensive and yeah, all of this. Yeah. Um, I was working as an extra on Fantastic Beasts and just working so hard and was so exhausted, but really loving it. Yeah. Really, I felt very wholesome. It felt right. Right. And um, yeah. And then I got really, really ill. Um, it was actually 1st of January, 2017, woke up and I had like three, what I would call ant bites on my face that right. came out of nowhere. Right. Granted, was a little bit hungover. <laughs> so uh, not massively. I don't drink anymore, really. But um, I did back then. And, <laughs> and I just thought, oh, that's so annoying. I've got three, like, pimples, basically, on my face. And I had to go into work that day. And I was like, Ugh. Anyway, I went to the um, pharmacist on my lunch break to Boots. And I was like, just get some, you know, bite cream got their strongest stuff they said oh it will go in a week but the thing was it wasn't itchy that's right. the thing that really baffled me i was like hmm maybe i'm just too hungover to notice <laughs> <laughs> but then a week went by and they'd grown and i was like that's really weird so i went back to the pharmacist and they said that's we literally gave you like puritan like the strongest stuff like you should probably go see a doctor when saw a doctor doctor was like so dramatic you've been bitten by a tarantula i was like what are you talking about i live in stratford east london i've not been bitten by a tarantula <laughs> overnight anyway they rushed me to hospital and um i refused to get a biopsy done because i was like i'm an actor you can't scar my face i was like, so pretentious i was like no anyway they came back and said that it was skin cancer oh, right. and i laughed <laughs> i was like ha ha good one uh so what's your next joke and they were like no 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 it's skin cancer i was like oh okay cool so um and I was on my own, like I hadn't told my parents, didn't really see the point. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, oh, it's just bites on my face, you know. I hadn't told anyone. And um, 
and yeah, I just said, oh, what's the next step then? They said, oh, chemo. I said, cool, when, when can we start? They said, oh, next week. I was like, okay, cool. I just like brushed <laughs> it off. Like it was yeah. nothing. It was really weird. I guess I just thought I was invincible. Yeah. Um, like you do at 21. And yeah, I was like, okay, cool. So if we could make it in the morning, that would be great. Because I've got work in the afternoon. <laughs> and they were like I don't think you quite understand you can't go to work I was like I don't think you quite understand I have rent to pay <laughs> I need to work so yeah I did chemo for three months um still didn't tell anyone didn't tell my parents because uh. with my brother and things they worry quite a lot they were still um back here in Gloucestershire mm. I just thought what are they realistically gonna do apart from worry yeah. And like, what's the point in worrying my parents? So my plan was, plan of action, was to wait three months until it started to work, then tell them, because then I could add a positive, but it's working <laughs> on the end, you know, so they don't worry. Yeah. After three months, um, had like a little review and they said, oh, we've misdiagnosed you. It's not skin cancer, it's lupus. And I was like, I'm sorry, beg your pardon, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. A looper, what? <laughs> I'm loopy? What are you talking about? And um, yeah, they just said, oh, it's lupus. They said, have you ever watched the program House? I said, no. Have you ever watched it? No. Um, I still haven't watched it. And the doctor just laughed at me. By this point, I'd seen him basically every week. We yeah. had a great banter. Yeah. He realized that, and I realized the way I was coping was through humor through comedy right okay, and i yeah. liked just having a joke having a laugh yeah and he said oh whatever you do don't watch house because basically it's about like this it's like this doctor program or something right. um i've never watched it but basically that the running joke is if they can't diagnose it they go oh, it must be lupus right. so like lupus is this you know mysterious right, okay. disease gotcha. anyway for people wondering lupus is an autoimmune condition um, where your body basically attacks itself. Right. So uh, my body rewired itself and decided that every cell going past was a bad cell and it decided right. to attack it. Right. So uh, that comes with chronic fatigue, as you can imagine, right, and, yeah. you know, lots of other things like that. Um, and yeah, you can't get rid of it. It's just a thing. It's mm. not massively well known. Right. So there's lots of research being done. And actually last week they made a bit of a breakthrough in finding a genetic um, like cause for it, like a right. genetic chromosome, I think. It, I need to read the article, but yeah. <laughs> some sort of genetic chromosome or something, um, which is a huge breakthrough. But as of yet, there's no cure just lots of medication to try and stabilize it because mm -hmm. um, it can lead to basically it's it's all fine people like seal um the artist seal's mm. got it and mm -hmm. um catherine ryan the comedian she's got it right. all-time fave love her <laughs> and uh she went up in my uh, she went straight to the top when i found out she had lupus i was like yes my <laughs> hero um and other people like selena gomez has got it right. and things like that okay. So it, it is a thing. It's starting to get recognized. It's just basically a pain. Mm. Um, and yeah, so they told me I had that. I said, oh, okay, cool. They chucked me on a load of medication. I had to carry on the chemo because I'd started it, which right. was a nightmare, especially for someone in acting. 
because I was still doing auditions, but I right. was starting to not look like my headshots. Yeah, yeah. I had to chop my hair a lot shorter. I had ringlet hair, and then mm. within five days, it went dead straight. And right. my whole image changed. I was on steroids, so um, yeah. I got the moon face. And my complete casting changed overnight. My vocal folds dropped. My vocal folds actually eroded. Right. Which was not great for a singer. No. <laughs> um, so in 2018, I basically just kept getting more and more ill. Yeah. Um, and eventually my mum, typical mummy, was like, <laughs> I must look after you. So she kind of kidnapped me and took me back home. Because right, um, yeah. I was finding it, yeah, I was finding it challenging to try and keep rent up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whilst finding that balance of learning about my condition, trying to maintain it, going to all the hospital appointments, and paying for rent, it yeah. it was getting a lot. So, yeah. um, and it was actually causing more stress and mm -hmm. anxiety and mental health and depression and things. So my mom took me home. I ended up moving back in with my mom and dad, Joy, um, at the age of like 22, 23. Um, and I said to myself, right, this is only for a year to get myself back on my feet, then I'm going straight back to London. <laughs> As you can tell, we are now in 2022. <laughs> I have yet to move back to London. <laughs> a little pandemic got in the way um, of my plans with that. But yeah, I believe everything happens for a reason. So uh, 2018 ended up being hospitalized for two months. Um, right. well. Glandular fever, tonsillitis. But mixed with the lupus, it got quite dangerous. Mm -hmm. Then, yeah, um, I now live with, as you mentioned in my intro, I now have nine autoimmune chronic health conditions that have kind of sprung on in the last five years since right, I got okay. diagnosed. Um, so it kind of became an on ongoing joke with my doctor that I'd walk in and I'd go, what's it today, doc? <laughs> what are you going <laughs> to give me today? Come on. I don't want to share. Give me all the autoimmune. Um, so, yeah, I've got... Uh, in case anyone's interested, probably not, but I'll reel them off for you because it makes me feel all fancy. I've got lupus, Sjogren's, psoriasis, psoriatic arthritis, hypothyroidism, neutropenia, anemia, Raynaud's, and IBS. Right. Okay. So all fun. Um, they did think I. They did think at one point that I had endometriosis as well, but. Luckily, so far, we're all clear of that. So that's good. Yeah, didn't hit the double figures. No. Oh, I was gutted. <laughs> I wanted that double figure. Um, but yeah, so I think during that time in 2018, that's where I really, in hospital, that's where I found voiceover. Right. Because um, I was bored in hospital. Yeah. I'm not a massive telly watcher. Yeah. For, for someone who's an actor, I'm not <laughs> yeah. a massive telly watcher. And uh, my best mate who I'd done Panto with in 2017, he said, oh, I found this course about voiceover. Why don't you just do it? It's two weeks. And I thought, yeah, you know, half an hour a day, that'd be great. So I did it. And then I was like, oh, I love this. <laughs> and I came back home. I said, mom, dad, I'm investing all my money in kit and I'm living home rent-free for a year. <laughs> and they were like, oh, great. Um, so that's kind of where that started. And then it just developed from there. And okay. I learned more and I grew more. And um, yeah, now I'm kind of here with Chronically Creative and 
my voiceover and my acting and my writing cool. and my stand-up comedy. Um, right. Because there's many a funny story about being in hospital, I can tell you that. Because <laughs> um, I just found that I was getting a lot of stigma Right, and yeah. I started being turned down from jobs just because I had this label of an invisible illness and an autoimmune condition. Right, and okay. people that, you know, thought that I was the bee's knees before were all of a sudden like, oh, you can't do that. You're sick. And I was right, like, okay. actually, I can. Like, I, I'm still, I've still got the same talent. Like, that's not, yeah. that's not gone anywhere. <laughs> um, I just have to manage it myself but it's not for you to decide it's for me to right, decide yeah, yeah. so that's where i kind of went on this little justice fight mission because mm -hmm. i i just read more into it and i realized that there's so many kids um particularly so then kind of going full circle back to that love of preschool and love mm. of kids and wanting to be that kind of nurturing preschool teacher or primary school teacher um I kind of looked into invisible illnesses and particularly with the pandemic with mental health in children and one in five kids in the UK live with a chronic health condition, right. which to me is huge. Yeah. You know, that's like million. We're talking millions here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yet when you look at the children's media, there's not, I mean, granted Pablo, things like that, you know, great for autism. Autism is really getting out there, but there's so many more than, just autism mm, mm. and I really wanted to represent and as scary as it is on a day-to-day -day basis like even now it's scary to be like I live with these conditions because the last thing I want is pity or sympathy I don't mm. want that yeah that's yeah. not why I'm saying it I'm saying it because I want to inspire younger children parents older people, people my age, like whoever's listening, mm. if I can just inspire one person, like that's now my mission. Mm -hmm. My mission before was quite self-centered. It was quite, I I want to be on the stage. I want to get that yeah, buzz yeah, of yeah. the applauding, having done a show. Whereas now since I, I, I've learned a lot since being ill and I grew up quite quickly, like I'm 26, mm. but quite a lot of people think I'm a lot older. Yeah. Like 34, great, thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where I think it's just because I've had some life experiences that not every person gets in their whole life yeah. or people don't get until they're in their 40s or 50s. Mm. And so I'm kind of using that as a positive and I'm wanting to mashed together my personal experiences with my brother, with his condition, with the stigma that I faced growing up with him, plus the stigma that I face on a day-to-day -day mm. basis with the skills that I've learned over the years through comedy, through, um, and when I say stand-up comedy, I focus on family. So it's all completely right. clean because yeah. I really want kids to be able to engage with it. Right, okay. Um, so completely PG. But stand-up comedy and, um, you know, writing and animation and voiceover mm -hmm. and acting and presenting using all of those skills that I have, yes, to go and do corporate explainers and commercials and mm. all of this stuff. Granted, I still do that. I love them. I love doing them. Yeah, yeah. It provides variety. But the, the now kind of burning desire inside of me is 
which is where Chronically Creative came from, mm -hmm. is to just help other people, kids and others, realize that they're not alone. Because mm -hmm. I think you can, and with the pandemic, you can feel like you're alone with it. Yeah, yeah. And sure. you can feel crazy for thinking that you're a weirdo or that's where your kind of subconscious comes mm -hmm. in and goes, oh, you're just moaning. People are going to think that you're being a drama queen or people are going to think you're just wanting attention. And it's like, no, yeah. just be true to yourself. And if people don't accept that, that's their problem. That's yeah, not your yeah. problem. All you can do is be yourself. If they yeah. want to accept that, then fantastic. And if they don't, then that's okay. Mm. Help them to get through that. It's not that they're nasty people. Like I always say, stigma doesn't come from a place of hatred. It comes yeah. from a lack of understanding and a lack of education, mm. which is what I'm trying to fulfill. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying it. to branch it out to talk about Tourette's and talk about allergies and, you know, uh, anxiety, depression, uh, lupus, oh, IBS, yeah, I mean, Crohn's, all of these things. I was going to say, like, that, you know, that message of, yeah, being yourself yes. and, and everything is, you know, is for everyone anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Illness or no illness. No like, illness or illness. It doesn't you know, matter, you know. That's, that's, a, that's a good message Your difference is your superpower. There. That's yeah. my little strap line <laughs> for chronically creative. Be yeah, kind yeah. to your mind and to others and your difference is your superpower. So don't yeah. look at your difference as going, I mean, I certainly did. I lost so much confidence. Yeah, yeah. I became a complete shell of my former self. Yeah. And yeah. I've, I'm a completely different person now. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I'm now confident in who I am. And yes, some people might call me bubbly and energetic and scatty and just full on. And that's okay, but that's because that's what brings me joy and brings me life. And I love to make other people smile and be happy and laugh. Yeah. So if I can just do that, then great. If I can mm. help other people see their worth and find their difference and utilize that, you know, then that's a great mm. thing really yeah, yeah, and so yeah, that's absolutely. what i'm trying to do with all my books and animations and stuff but in a cool. funny way in a fun <laughs> way i don't want it to be a lecture because yeah, no yeah, one likes yeah. to be lectured yeah yeah no yeah. one likes to be lectured so yeah it's all very subtle um it's subtly there in the background it's not like this is a neurodiverse show we yeah, are yeah. all about inclusivity <laughs> because then in doing that you're excluding people yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, if you're, 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 you're excluding kind of, mainstream people. Yeah, you're you sort of telling that. people that they have to. You're becoming a club. Have a certain yeah view. If or you're whatever. not different, you can't be part of our club. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, exactly. weird if you're not different. Which is completely it's the, the opposite. The opposite yeah. message to what you're trying to. So by doing it in a funny way there. that's entertaining, everyone can enjoy that and relate. Yeah. And then it's you know just subtly there in the background. Yeah, and it's kind of, it's linked to what you said earlier. You said something about, um, you know, people can have a different opinion or you can have a different opinion to people that you talk to and that's yeah. okay. And I think for me at the moment, that's a really strong message that like needs to get out into the world because everything's there's like a thing of like, if you've got a different opinion to someone, then you can never talk to that person again. Or, yeah, you it's know, okay. people like falling out with their family members over yeah. having a different opinion. And it's like, 
And she's okay to have a different opinion. We can still How boring would it be if on. we all had the same yeah, opinion? Yeah, and it's the same with what you know you're talking about. Like people should come at things being different because yeah. that's what makes the whole world Nature nurture. They've yeah, had yeah. a completely different background. Even if they grew up on the same street as you, their parent, you know, your friend who grew up on the same street as you, you would think has the same opinions, the same thoughts, same mindset. Yeah, yeah. They might originate from a different country where there's different religious beliefs or different morals. And that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just think the more you can educate yourself about everything, the more that then you don't have to restrict yourself to nature nurture. You can then form your own opinion on life. Yeah, yeah. And isn't that great? And if you're confident in your own opinion, then you don't need to argue your point. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the funny thing, isn't it, about all the arguments you see on social media and and news and things like that. It's like if you're you know, why are you arguing so hard? Like if you actually believe what you're saying. Just accept. Yeah. You should be able to say really matter. Try and explain. (laughs) I think there's no problem in trying to explain and I think everyone should be open and I always, even if I don't agree with someone, I try and put myself in their shoes and understand where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't that mean that I need to agree with them? Yeah. Um, but I would still like to try and make that effort to understand why they think that or how they think that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. can then still say, yeah, actually on reflection, I still agree with what I believe because of X, Y, Z. But I just think it's so important to not just form an opinion because someone else told you that that's what you should think. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. go form your own opinion. <laughs> <laughs> You're your own yeah. individual. Gather the information. Yeah. And yeah. And I think sort of, yeah, linking it into a kind of business thing, you know, yes. when, when we kind of worry that there's lots of competition or everything. There's like, never competition. There's not because everyone's... You're your own individual. Individual. And yeah. there'll be a group of people that like working with you because you are you. Regardless of what you're and like. And there'll be people that hate working people, with you. Yeah. And there'll be people <laughs> because that you're you. like or hate working with the next person yeah. down the road or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, and that's okay because at the end of the day, if I was the only kids TV presenter and only actor and only <laughs> voiceover artist in the UK, I'd, I'd probably have a heart attack because <laughs> like there's too much work. Yeah, yeah. You need to spread it out. And people want different things and you give something different. Like I love working with um, eco-friendly companies and businesses because that's something I'm passionate about. Other Mm. people might not care about that. In which case, great. Go work with the other people, that the uh, the businesses that don't care about that. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, my favorite saying is um, people buy people, not businesses. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you work with like-minded people because you get on outside of work. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you have, you're on, you know that saying, you're on the same page and all mm. of that sort of stuff. It's because you gel. And if you don't gel with someone, that's okay because someone else will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, um, uh, the, a, a very lovely guy, I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, I know you've had John Ord previously on the on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But there's a, a, a local uh, business coach called Martin Croft. I don't know if you've mm, heard of Martin Croft. No, I don't think so. Um, he's a lovely guy, local guy. And um, he told me something which really, like, bugged me. Yeah. It really <laughs> bugged me. And it was one of those things that I was thinking about 
day after day after day. He's such an intriguing guy and, and um, very different business coach, different way of thinking. Yeah. Um, rather than thinking about the business, he thinks about, he tries to, rather than, sorry, fixing the business, he tries to fix the individual Yeah. to then yeah. fix the business. And he said, Helena, you should always strive for a no. And I was like, what? But surely I'm going to be wasting so many marketing hours and emails and money, you know, time, energy, money on marketing for people and businesses that I know don't want my services. Yeah. Like in my head, I was going, that's nuts. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're a crazy man. And now I get it because actually every time I get a no, rather than having that, oh, like that sinking feeling in your stomach and those doubts coming in of, Maybe they said no, because you're not good enough. <gasps> you're rubbish at what you do. Get out. You shouldn't be here. Rah, go home. Go get a different career. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. I celebrate the no. Yeah. Because it means that I'm one business closer to finding <laughs> a yes. Yeah, yeah. And it then means that the people I do work with are retaining clients. They're people that I work with long-term. It's not one-off and then going, oh, thanks, um, but actually we're going to work with someone mm. else now. It's not one-off and you never hear them again. I love the relationship in business. And mm. I think that especially around here in the Cotswolds and further afield, actually, I think since COVID, I found, and I don't know if you found this too, lots of people really value relationship in business mm -hmm. and making those connections and not just going in for a hard sell and going, Hi, I'm an actor, use me. Hi, I'm a kids TV presenter, give me a job. It's actually going, this is an individual sat behind their, their computer. They have a passion, they have a business, they have a vision, mm -hmm. what is it? Let's yeah, yeah. learn what it is. Am I able to help them? Am I not? And if, yeah, I'm, yeah. if I can't, do I know someone who can? <laughs> mm. Because at the end of the day, I just wanna help that person i want to help businesses do what they visioned to do yeah, yeah and you know provide the service or the product that they desired or intended because ultimately that's going to help someone in the world yeah yeah in some way or another whether it makes their day-to-day -day easier whether it makes them smile whether it makes them happier yeah, yeah and that's so much more valuable than getting a paycheck yeah for me yeah. So that's kind of what I really focus on now with business is no, working good. with individuals that see my vision, <coughs> they see my passion, they understand my background. They don't necessarily need to go, oh yeah, I've got lupus too. I totally understand yeah. you. Hashtag blast, you know, or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need any of that. I'm not looking for a groupie. Yeah. I, I, people might go, do you know what? There might be some people listening that go, I cannot relate to this girl at all. And that's cool. I yeah. want to speak to that person because there's so many things that I can learn from them. Yeah, and there's yeah. so many things that they can learn from me and my life experience. And I think that can surely only be a positive thing. You can only yeah, grow yeah. in business, surely. Yeah. Like my business will surely only get better from learning from someone who is completely opposite to me. Like I find accountants so fascinating. 
<laughs> I know that's a very strange thing to say, and most people will not use fascinating and accountant in the same <laughs> sentence. No, 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 it's true because but like, it's completely opposite to creatives. Yeah, and finding out what what makes them tick and yeah. what they're into. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It is, it is. And I find them so interesting and financial planners, and I love talking to people that are completely opposite to me. Granted, yeah. I love talking to people like yourself who are in the same, you know, creative <laughs> yeah, mindset. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I usually find those conversations get very exciting and like, oh yeah, we could do this, we could do this. <laughs> and we bounce off each other. And then when I talk to business owners that are completely opposite to me, I find that's when that's when my business grows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I learn something about the core of my business. It's like getting an outside of you on my business mm. rather than a fellow creative going, oh, that's so cool. I love this vision. I love mm. this. I love that. It's sometimes nice to get someone who doesn't understand that or doesn't naturally see that mm. to go, yeah, but have you thought about this? And I go, oh, mm. how do I do that? Yeah, and you yeah. just learn. And then I can give them a creative perspective on their business and I yeah, can go, yeah. Have you thought about doing a video or have you yeah, thought yeah. about perhaps writing a little script or just doing yeah, a little yeah. voiceover or adding voice to your images or, th you know, yeah, yeah. that they might not have ever thought of that then can help their business grow. Mm. I just think, yeah, it's a bit of a hippie answer, isn't it? To be like, no, no. hold hands and <laughs> help each other grow. No, no, I think it's, I think it's good. It's, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, if there was more of that, in the world than be at the end of the day in a better spot we're all people we all come yeah. from the same place we all go to the same place we all have the same you know we all breathe the same air <laughs> and at the end of the day we're all just blagging our way through life because if anyone if anyone knew what they were doing they would not <laughs> be doing what they're doing <laughs> no, absolutely absolutely and I, yeah I've said it before on this that yeah, that was one of the turning points for me when I was trying to get my business, you know, thinking about going self-employed was when I yeah. realised that no one actually knows what they No one knows what they're doing. <laughs> Just blagging our way through life. We're like, no. yeah, sure, we'll do that. Google, how do we do this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> how exactly. do I do a tax return? Quick, anyone know an accountant? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, cool. Well, look, we've smashed through an hour and 17 minutes. <gasps> Would my gosh, <laughs> that flew by. Yeah. I told you I'm a waffler. No, not at all. It's all, all high quality. I get quality, very passionate and very excited. All high quality stuff. So, yeah, look, um, people can come find more about you, find out more about you. Yeah. Uh, at HelenaMitchell.com. Yes. And then chronicallycreative.co.uk. Yeah, so if you want to know more about like my voiceover and my acting and TV presenting stuff, then head to helenamitchell.com. Yep. But if you want to know more about uh, the neurodiverse stuff and the preschool shows and the books that I'm writing to help charities and help kids learn, then head on over to chronicallycreative.co.uk. Cool. And then you're on the Instagram on both of those I as love well. an Insta. Yeah. Yes, preferred, I love a real preferred platform. <gasps> it's my favorite platform of choice. Okay, so you're on the <laughs> Helena Mitchell actor and chronically creative media. Yes, and then you're on the LinkedIn as well in various places. Yeah, if you just type in <laughs> Helena Mitchell, search Helena Mitchell, they'll find you'll you, probably basically. find a bright pink photo, and that's usually me. Nice bright. Bright and bubbly. That's what I tend to be. <laughs> I also do lots of very. Um, 
annoying creative videos on on linkedin (laughs) if you're a very serious business person you might find my linkedin annoying if you like a good laugh i try and make people smile on linkedin because it can be a bit of a dull place so cool i love telling a good joke on there so if you fancy a good laugh and a good joke go to my LinkedIn. linkedin All right. <laughs> Excellent. Now, well, thank you very much again for no, uh, coming over and doing this. Been uh, very interesting. Check out more of the podcasts. They're awesome. Yeah. And if you ever need headshots or anything, <laughs> come to Dan Barker. He's I'll, the uh, man. His lighting on point. <laughs> on point. Well, that's very kind. I'm going to take that and snip it and... Uh, yeah, reuse <laughs> it. Yeah, Donut yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> cool. Have it on Thanks loop. very much. <laughs> Thanks. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. You can find links to all the episodes and show notes over at danbarkerstudios.com forward slash podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It helps other people find the show and connect more people in the region. Thank you very much for your time listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.